Okay, so we're back. Time to get into this. Talk Talk Radio, live in 4K. Bill Gates unveils artificial intelligence that dictates which books, movies, and music you're allowed to consume. Bill Gates has announced plans to unleash a new artificial intelligence AI algorithm that will decide which movies, TV shows, movies, and books you are allowed to consume based on your social credit score. Wow. We're going to be very much like China. And the Biden administration was uh, had this in the works for a while. According to Gates, the new AI algorithm will be embedded on every single device. It will spoon feed users personalized movies, books, television shows, and podcasts to help that user become more compliant member of society. Gates, who last March declared that the age of AI has begun, is now betting on the ways AI will force people to consume content that the global elite approve of, according to a report by the Wall Street Journal. Breitbart reports the company reportedly plans to use its 600 million consumer data points to make its media recommendation platform named Pix stand out from the typical chatbots that are already available. Like CEO Ian Morris said, the personal agent aspect is something we're looking to really define, as he believes it will become a big part of what people will get involved with in the next few years. Some of the biggest names in chat and tech have now joined the AI race and are trying to develop new technology ever since OpenAI launches ChatGPT, Chatbox last year, which has become increasingly popular over recent months, even though its primary use seems to be cheating in school. <laughs> Gates has been an advocate for development of artificial intelligence and has reportedly been meeting with OpenAI ever since 2016. But the billionaire's interest in AI only skyrocketed after witnessing chat GPT ace a college level biology exam last fall, he said. I knew I had just seen the most important advance in technology since the graphical user interface, Gates wrote in a blog post earlier this year. Pix will be reportedly give people detailed responses to their questions within a few minutes, much like other chatbots that are currently available. The answers are expected to be to get better and more personalized over time as a user continues to use chatbox, Moore said. The Gates backup backed startup is also being updated in real time using the content that is already available on streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Max. Yep, it's it's becoming slowly a fascist society. We are really going in that direction. Okay, but let's talk about how um, Arab states are reacting to the surprise attack from. Israel. Let's talk about that right now. Arab states react to the surprise attack against Israel. Members of international Arab community have called for a call for restraint as the IDF retaliates against Palestinians. Okay. A number of Arab states have called for a restraint and a de-escalation of violence following the launch of the largest attack in years on Israeli territory earlier on Saturday morning. Qatar, a Gulf state that does not have diplomatic relations with Israel, issued a statement through its foreign ministry on Saturday in which it said that the ultimate responsibility for the so-called Al-Aqsa storm operation conducted by Hamas lies with the Israeli government. Dora added in its statement its desire for both sides in the conflict to exercise restraint and called on international community to ensure that Israel does not use the event as an excuse for disproportionate response against Palestinians in Gaza. Saudi Arabia, another state that does not currently have informal ties with Israel, also released a statement on X, formerly known as Twitter, to say that it is closely following up on the unprecedented developments between Palestinian factions and the Israeli occupational forces. The Saudi foreign ministry also said it had repeatedly warned of the dangers that might occur as a result of the continued cooperation, I'm sorry, the continued occupation and for depriving the Palestinian people of their legitimate rights. In recent weeks, the leadership of both Saudi Arabia and Israel have signaled a desire to normalize relations with the United States, understood to 
be actively negotiating the deals. Earlier this week, Hamas expressed its unwavering position of rejecting all forms of normalization and contact with the Israeli occupation. Early on Saturday, Hamas militants entered Israeli territory and have appeared to gain a foothold of control in some communities in the south of the country. Israeli authorities said more than 2,000 rockets had been launched from Gaza. At least 40 people have been killed. Israeli's health ministry said on Saturday afternoon, with more than 500 people injured, reports also have said that an unknown number of Israeli citizens and soldiers have been taken captive. Egypt, meanwhile, cautioned of potentially grave consequences that might emerge from a further escalation of tensions between Israel and the Palestinians. Its foreign ministry also called on both sides to exercise maximum restraint and avoid exposing civilians to further danger. Turkish President uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan said on Saturday during a Congress of his AK party in Ankara that both sides in the conflict must refrain from aggressive acts. He also warned against any kind of a attempt to damage or harm the historical and religious status of Al-Qasayev Mosque in occupied territory of East Jerusalem. Lebanon-based militant group Hezbollah also issued a statement on Saturday that indicated that it was in direct contact with the leadership of the Palestinian resistance. It added that Hamas assault could be viewed as a divisive, decisive response to Israel's continued occupation and a message to those seeking normalization with Israel. However, Hezbollah's statement stopped short of expressing an intention to military to military support the attack okay the thing is is though i don't you know there really has to be a meeting of the minds to have peace but unfortunately israel you know the israeli government with their uh talmudic beliefs are not going to stop doing what they're doing Okay. And it's just going, it may just end up just being a all out war. It's been that way for a long time. And, uh, their, their teachings, uh, for the Israeli government is that, you know, they could do what they want. It's basically it. All right. They're going to take this as an offense and like, you know, we don't care if we're taking land from you. We're going to do what we want. We're not going to share. And that's that. So don't expect this to end well at all. All right. So let's talk about uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the Philippines right now. You ever heard of uh, Pac Pac? Yeah, well, you're going to hear about Pog Pog. Let's talk about it. Fair use. Bali magkano yun na bebenta yung pagpag? Benti lang yun, benti lang sa plastic. Pag yung medyo maraming laman, yung mga may buo-buong hita. Ano na yan? 30. Diyan may makukuha pa kayo dyan. Diyan. Wala na. Pinababoy na. Pero itong hotdog, pwede pa ito? Oo. Ito yung hugasan mo. Lagay ng tubig mainit. Okay, so I'll play that a little bit, a part of it, and I'll uh, get 
get into the article here. Poor Filipinos are surviving on leftover food. Pakpak is a term of leftover food, meat picked from the garbage and dumps, which is then washed and cooked and sold to poor communities in Manila, Philippines. All right. Pakpak is a term uh, to given to leftover food, meat picked um, from garbage dumps, and then washed and cooked and sold to the poor communities in Manila, Philippines. This is their daily sample food. These communities of at the very bottom who fail to afford a single meal sometimes. Okay. Pog is either eaten immediately or later. Pog can now become a profitable business as sometimes even restaurant owners buy meat from Pog Pog collectors. Whoa. Woo. There are a few Pog Pog groups owned by different individuals who then hire two to three Pog Pog collectors on pay as low as $6 for a day who work day and night, roam the streets, collecting leftover food from dumps and, and garbage. Then they wash and remove all the dirt from the meat and wash it and remove bones and other unwanted elements, pack it in plastic bags and sell it to other potential clients. A cook in the restaurant in Tondo, Manila, prepares a pog pog in traditional Filipino cooking, such as pog pog, la catareta, or adobo, with the mixture of leftover chicken, from Jubilee and KFC as the main ingredient. This shows the state of the extreme hunger in the Philippines as per the Borden uh, Project. 6.5% of Metro Manila lives below the poverty line. Health hazards. The dumps from the, this food is picked up are often filled with rodents, rats, so health risks include ingestion of poisons, toxins, and foodborne illnesses. The National Anti-Poverty Commission has warned time and again against eating pog because of the threat of malnutrition and diseases such as hepatitis A, typhoid, diarrhea, and cholera. However, a pog vendor claims that no one else has ever died from eating pog as more poor communities are going towards pog, and it's an alarming situation for the government. Everyone who is consuming this food where it is from, and they're not afraid to even feed it to a one-year-old baby, to those living hand to mouth, they have no other choice, and Papa is better than nothing at all. With the kind of life we live, this helps a lot. When you buy a bag worth of a few pesos, you can already feed one whole family, one slum resident, told Reuters. All in all, consumption of food from the garbage is really hazardous to health. The government has addressed this issue and developing policies to stop the rise of Pog Pog. The CNN reported about Pog in 2012, the reality about the problems of hunger in the Philippines was brought to the world, brought to the world's attention. Okay. Hey man, the thing is though, also is the fact that um, we will, we have uh, food prices going up. So you don't know, people may be trying to do that Pog Pog thing right here. Okay. And uh, you passport bros, you have to be careful what you're eating over there. Okay, because some, you know, well-to-do restaurants are buying from these people. All right. So. Let's get into this other story now. I find it kind of concerning. All right. go melanin pigment fair use Melanin pigment, right? Right. It's so unbelievable, George. They use it in computer chips now because it has an ability to transduce electrical energy. Can you imagine this? It has this incredible ability to hold on to and transduce and manipulate electrons, electronic energy and photons, photonic energy. It's a fascinating molecule. Okay. 
All right. So then what did you think about that? I mean, there was, remember that story about that young teenager who was found, who was missing, but his body was found behind the bleachers with organs missing? Remember that story? Let's look into this one. I was doing research on the melanin molecule. I found out that researchers are exploring it as a fair use, by the way. Once again, when it's Dr. Raven, I was doing research on the melanin molecule. I found out that researchers are exploring it as a semiconductor for implantable bioelectronics to treat diseases like there it is. Melanin as a semiconductor with polymer structure and effective modified for electrodes of high energy Li ion. Batteries. <sighs> hmm. Do you think human trafficking could be on the rise, especially for black people being victims? You notice we have a lot of kids going missing, a lot of black kids gone missing. Just saying. Parkinson's. My mind was blown. This is Wakanda. And so let me explain to you what this all means. It sounds like a lot, but it's actually really cool. Electricity is all about the flow of electrons, which are these teeny tiny charged particles. These charged particles move through a material called a conductor. Conductors, like metals, let electrons move freely, while insulators, like rubber or plastic, stop electron flow. Melanin, it's not just a pigment that gives us our skin, hair color, eye color. It's actually a complex molecule with unique properties that researchers are discovering could revolutionize the field of bioelectronics. It's super cool. Bioelectronics are a class of medical devices that use electrical signals to interact with our body's biological system. These devices often involve advanced materials like semiconductors or biocompatible materials to help electronic components communicate with living tissues. Melanin is super special because it acts as a semiconductor. It can conduct electricity under certain conditions, and this property has caught people's attention who are considering melanin as a potential material for implantable bioelectronic devices. You can imagine a world where we'll use melanin to create cutting-edge devices capable of treating diseases. Dr. Raven, how do we get this melanin? Where that melanin coming from? A lot of people think that we actually getting this from people. One, no, we're not getting this from people. <laughs> the actual conventional... Who knows? Who knows? You never know. Are you there to see them how they get the melanin? Just saying. approaches for isolating melanin include getting them from natural sources like octopus ink. Y'all know when the octopus get all scared and they, and they run away and they squirt ink? That ink is black because it has melanin in it. That is black ink. We can get melanin from types of fungus. We can get melanin from types of bacteria. There's melanin all around us. It's actually very inconvenient to try to extract melanin from human tissue. I honestly hope that this inspires people to become scientists so that we can continue exploring all of these molecular discoveries Okay. All right, let's get into some articles right now. Article time. Okay. All right. Okay, melanin considered for bio-friendly electronics. Okay, Physic, uh, physics.org, melanin, the pigment that colors skin, eyes, and hair, could be seen the face of a new generation of biologically friendly electronic devices used in applications such as medical sensors and tissue simulation treatments, led by Professor Maul Meredith, an associate 
Associate Professor Ben Powell at the University of Queensland, an international team of scientists, has pushed a study that for the first time gives remarkable insight into the electrical properties of the pigment and its biological compatible bioelectric features. Semiconductors are arguably the most important modern-day high-tech material. They drive all modern electronics and um, modern electronics, said Professor Maradiv. The majority of semiconductors are made from inorganic elements or compounds such as silicon or gallium arsenide. Organic semiconductors, on the other hand, are a relatively new member of the semiconductor family and are composed of molecules containing carbon, hydrogen, and other elements. There are a few examples of natural organic semiconductors, and melanin was thought to be the very first example demonstrated to be such in the early 70s, said Professor Meredith. Co-author Associate Professor Powell said that in semiconductors such as those found in computers and mobile phones, electrons carry the electrical current. However, in biological systems such as brains and muscles, ions carry the current. We now found that in melanin, both electrons and ions play important roles, he said. The study published recently in Proceeding of the Natural Academy of Sciences points to a new way of interfacing conventional electronics to biological systems using a combination of ion and electron conducting biomaterials such as melanin. Melanin is able to talk to both electronic and ionic control security circuitry and hence can provide that connection role, said Professor Meredith, about the study's finding, the culmination of 10 years of research and experiments. There are very few materials that meet these compatible bioelectronic requirements and an insight into melanin's important biological functions and properties has been really crucial in this study. In recent years, the electronics industry has been driven to develop materials and components that are cheaper and more environmentally friendly. There is a realization that in many ap such applications, we should move on from the relatively more expensive inorganic semiconductors. We need cheaper, safer electronic materials with greener credentials, said Professor Meredith. Organic conductors and semiconductors are widely viewed as having enormous potential in this regard in the area of medical sensors and devices, biocompatibility, and will be a key requirement. Hmm. The team is currently working on creating ion-based electrical devices using melanin with a view to ultimately connect them to actual biological systems. A critical area that one could foresee for bioelectronics is stimulating or repairing signal-carrying pathways in tissues such as, as muscle or brain, said Professor Meredith. Other researchers in the study are Professor Ian Gentle, Professor Graham Hansen, and Dr. Bernie Mostret, currently at the Lancaster University and central figure in research. From all, <clears throat> all from the University of Queensland, as well as researchers from the United Kingdom and Poland. All right. And there's another article on this. Okay. All right. Melanin as a semiconductor with polymer structure is effective, modified for electrodes of high energy Li ion batteries. Melanin is in a biological organic polymer and has semiconductor properties. The structure of organic semiconductors, including melanin, determines the mechanism of their conductivity, electrical, and catalytic properties. Research the, prop research the properties of melanin, which are synthesized on the basis of innovative technologies developed by Sun Oil Argo Agro, confirms that innovative pros prospects for using melanin with the goal to modify electrodes of lie-in-on batteries. Results of investigation and developed the method modification, the cathode materials of Li-ion batteries are presented in this article. The goal is to increasingly increasing the energy and power characteristics of Li-MN2O4-based cathodes as a result of the modification with melanin. 
All right. So I hope that was some uh, something interesting. But once again, they said you where you can get it from. Ah, so I wonder, man, where are they going to get this? Where are they going to get it from? All right. So we're going into local news now. People, you got to watch your mail now. You got to watch your mailman. Because he's going to be doing this. See postal worker facing charges for fair use for mail theft and bank fraud. Federal prosecutors say Hachikosela Muchemba was caught and cuffed earlier this week trying to leave the country using this newly issued African passport. The former mailman is accused of running a scheme for almost two years, stealing checks, changing the names, and depositing them into his accounts. Investigators say he stole nearly $1.7 million from customers on his mail route in the affluent Wesley Heights neighborhood. And they say he even gave Christmas cards to victims he stole from. According to court documents, the 43- You gave Christmas cards to the victims you stole from? Wow. That's, that's evil. That's like that Chris Rock joke, you know, they steal your TV and then they come over and say, I heard you got robbed, you know, and give you a, you know, try to just console you about it. What the hell? Let's keep going. Three-year-old started working out of this post office in February 2020, and investigators say he started swiping checks a year later. The feds say these are photos of Bichimbo withdrawing some of the stolen money, and in some of the ATM surveillance pics, he's seen wearing his U.S. Postal Service gear. Prosecutors say he got a coworker to help. According to newly obtained court documents, that postal worker has admitted that... Great, she's going to jail too. Chimba recruited her to steal checks for him, and he paid her $1,000 for stealing a check from the mail for him. Prosecutors allege Chimba paid her via cash app about one week after she stole the check and gave it to him. Court records show Chimba was placed on unpaid leave in March. Prosecutors say they sat down with him and his attorney this summer and laid out all of the evidence. But after hearing the strength of the government's case, the defendant rejected a pre-indictment plea offer and tried to flee the United States on a plane headed to Africa. Prosecutors say he was arrested at Dulles Wednesday morning as he tried to board a flight to Zambia. They say he bought the ticket using a credit card in someone else's name and he had $2,000 in U.S. cash in his bag. Insane, man. Insane. These people, they're getting desperate. People are making bad decisions with your money. So it's good. You better get to know your mailman. Get to know the, the license plate of that truck he drives. He or she drives. All right. So that way you can report them if your mail ain't coming. All right. Because people these days are doing crazy things out of desperation. And not thinking about the consequences. Consequences with your money. All right. Ah, oh, man. So it looks like justice is coming to Al Mr. D.A. Bronx D.A. Alvin Bragg. Let's get into this one. To be honest, it was about time. It's well-deserved. Representatives of small businesses gathering just moments ago. They have a loud, clear message to Manhattan's DA, Alvin Bragg, to drop the charges against Jose Alba. We want justice for Mr. Alba's. And Mr. Bragg, please take your head out of the sand and stop protecting criminals and protect law-abiding citizens. Fair use, by the way, fair use. Now, why do you, why would you think they have to say that? Why would you think they got to say that? 
Well, you see, um, what happened was is a bodega owner, right, turned away a woman who whose card declined because she wanted to buy something for her daughter at his store. The card declined, so he told her she had to leave. The woman sends her boyfriend to attack the store owner. And, uh, you know, Jose Alba was the store owner, and the store owner defended himself against the woman's boyfriend who was trying, who was beating on him. So he pulled out a machete and deleted him. Alvin Bragg tried to send Jose Alba to prison for self-defense. A 61-year-old man was getting beat by a 35-year-old man, a pookie. So now, this is what's happening. Bodega clerk sues woke Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg for racial discrimination after he was slung in Rikers Island for killing attacker in self-defense to push prosecutors' equity agenda. Former bodega owner <clears throat> clerk is suing woke Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for racial discrimination after he was slung into Rikers Island prison for killing an attacker in self-defense. Jose Alba was charged with second-degree murder after stabbing ex-con Austin Seaman in the neck and chest on July 1st, 2022 at a Blue Moon Bodega in Harlem. Following an outpouring of anger at the decision to prosecute, on July 19th, Bragg's office asked the, a judge to drop the charges against Alba after having faced intense backlash, including criticism from the city's mayor. Now Alba is taking on the New York City Police Department and Bragg with claims he was a pawn in the DA's pursuit of racial equality, according to the Manhattan Federal Court Papers filed Friday, the suit names NYPD Detective Garcia, William Garcia, along with unnamed arresting officers and police detectives. While in theory, Bragg's racial equality policies are a well-intentioned attempt by him to implement even even-handed justice, the means and methods employed by Bragg have instead had an opposite effect and resulted in discrimination against certain def defendants based on race. No, Alvin Bragg. You know, I just think he works for Soros. I think the fact of the matter, he knew this was not going to work. This was clearly self-defense. Like I said, Democrats are trying to run cities that they own, that they have to preside over into the ground and make it a war zone. Make it that, you know, people who have businesses who want to make a living, make their lives a living hell. Okay. And the only time that people like Alvin Bragg see the error of their ways is either when they are sued or they are attacked by the same criminals that their policies protect. Alba was working at the Blue Moon Deli on July 1st when he fatally stabbed Simon in the neck and chest. Surveillance footage clearly showed that Simon had moved behind the counter at the convenience store in Hamilton Heights and pushed the store clerk into a stack of shelves before grabbing him. It was only then that Alba reached over to a shelf and pulled out a knife to fight back. During the altercation, Alba, Alba was apparently stabbed by Simmons' girlfriend, who instigated the argument when, he, when her benefits card was declined. The girlfriend was never charged in the incident. Wow. Let's read that again. During the altercation, Alba was apparently stabbed by Simmons' girlfriend who instigated the argument when her benefits card was declined. The girlfriend was never charged in the incident. Despite Alba's claims of self-defense, Bragg charged the clerk with second-degree murder and requested a $500,000 bond to be set. Although it was lowered to $250,000, the store clerk was unable to pay the bill and was shipped to Rikers, where he claims to have endured inhumane and unconstitutional conditions, according to the suit. Rikers Island is a 413-acre island in the East River in the Bronx that contains New York's largest jail. Bragg's decision spurred vicious backlash, including Mayor Eric Adams and other and former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton. It's wild and insane, man. This stupidity at its finest. Come on, come out. Papa, look, look, papa. Come on, papa, look. Come on, come out. Papa, look. Come on, come out. Papa, what's up with you? I don't want a promo, papa. Oh.
What's wrong with you? I know two in the room. Why you snatch anything out of here? He's coming here. Look with it. Look, see, see, he wasn't at fault. Mr. Alba wasn't at fault. Man just tried to defend himself, man. Honest living, it's not his fault your benefits card ran out. You should have a job. Another thing, though, is we have to look into these. Uh, we have to look into these um, people that are on public assistance that are really just freeloading and don't want to work. They just want to survive on taxpayer dollars. We got to look into that and do some reforms. Alba, a hardworking store clerk who appeared to be promoting, protecting himself, was made to spend six days in prison before he was freed when prosecutors reduced his bail to $50,000. He shouldn't have the bail should be just canceled and he should be let go. My heart goes out to the employees who was in the store doing it. Was the employee who was doing his job. Adam said at the time, I am hoping that we take all that into consideration as this hardworking New Yorker was doing his job and someone aggressively went behind the counter to attack him. After a public campaign on July 19, 2022, Bragg finally dropped the charges, admitting there wasn't enough evidence to prove Albo was not justified in his use of deadly force. The suit also names Department of Corrections Commissions Louis Molina and other Department of Corrections staff, along with the city, as being responsible for the unconstitutional conditions of confinement and inadequate medical care at Rikers Island. They're not going to fix that, man. Rikers Island, I've heard so many stories of things that are going on in Rikers Island right now. Okay? So many stories, man. So many, like, correction officers getting tossed down the stairs and getting pummeled by inmates only for a couple of minutes later for the, to help to actually arrive. The inmates got more rights than the correction officers. It's not worth it. And plus, they put you on a wheel of constant, you know, constant shifts. And because you ain't fixing the conditions, nobody wants the job unless you are really desperate. That's it. It's basically it. All right, on to the next story. These cops are getting out of control, man. These cops are getting out of control. Fair use. Parents of the teenager who police say was brutally assaulted by a Delaware state trooper. That state trooper is being charged with multiple felonies for the alleged assault. The 15-year-old was one of two teenagers police say were attacked by the trooper. It all started after one teenager kicked the state trooper's front door. NBC10 Delaware reporter Tim Fr For what? For what? Why would you do that? Why would you kick? Why would you do that? Why? Furlong has the latest. So I just want him held accountable for his actions, and I won't ever see this happen to nobody else. This woman's son was dragged out of his house by law enforcement who mistakenly thought her son was involved in the August front door kick on Trooper Dempsey Walter's house. Trooper Walters now charged with multiple felonies for calling other law enforcement agencies back in August to go after the kids he believed were involved and for assaulting both he and the boy who actually did kick his door. A prank. Prosecutors say when troopers found 15-year-old Jaden, they forcefully put him on the ground, and then when Walters arrived, they say it's on camera when he dropped a knee into his back and then later turned off his body camera and punched Jaden in the face while he was sitting, handcuffed in police little bone and gave Jaden a concussion. Jaden just went back to school last week, but he is still recovering from. From headaches, so he's in a state police and is now suspended without pay. An attorney measure. How did no other trooper or officer outside? I he may get a little a fine here and there, 
I, I'm, I'm sorry. These kids got to learn, man. These kids got to learn. You, you're kicking people's doors in for a prank? For a prank? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I just want to know, what was it worth it? I'm sorry. You, don't, don't, don't fire this, this trooper. Don't fire. Just put him on desk duty. I'm sorry. Just, just don't, don't do that. Just don't. It's not, it's not worth it, man. I mean, we kicked this door. Okay. A Delaware state trooper accused of beating two teenagers in a violent rampage while arresting them after he was the victim of a ding dong ditch prank was indicted Monday. Dempsey Waters, a corporal assigned to Troop 6 in Willington, faces felony deprivation of civil rights and felony assault in addition to four misdemeanor charges as he was caught on body camera physically confronting two minors, including punching one in the face while they sat in a squad car. State Attorney General Kathy Jennings condemned Waters' own form of personal justice and vowed the trooper would face punishment. Over the course of the evening, the defendant chose to extract his own form of personal justice by embarking on a violent rampage and showing two defenseless minors and attempted to conceal his misconduct, Jennings said in a press release. He will now face the consequences for his actions. Walt, Walters, 29, downward spiral began on August 17th when he was off duty and heading back home when he came across a 17-year-old male. The two got in a verbal argument and Walters called the Esmond, the police department officers showed up and brought the boy back to his home, handing him over to his mother. The next day, when he was on duty, Walters used the Delaware Criminal Justice Information, DLSU's database, to look up the mail and found his address in Newcastle. While Waters was working on August 21st, four individuals walked past his house, and one of them, a 15-year-old named Jaden, covered his face and ran up to the front door and kicked it once. Walter's girlfriend gave him the description of the ding-dong ditch while, ditcher while he drove back to his neighborhood and was alerted of several juveniles running down the street near the boy's home, the boy's house where he met two Newcastle police officers. I, look, I'm, I am not going to be like, oh, man, these kids, you know, they, they, they were just innocent, man. Look, play stupid games, you know the rest. Played around, and they found out. The three went up to the house and were met by the original boy and friend. Walters forcibly pulled the 17-year-old out of the house while one of the officers handcuffed the other on our mail before placing two other teens in patrol cars. Body cam footage shows the disgruntled tr trooper raced out of his car towards the failing teen who was in on the ground being detained by another trooper. Walters' body camera showed. Almost immediately upon arriving, Walters dropped his knee on the back of the victim's two neck head, causing injury and causing victim two to scream in distress. The release stated, don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything. Mommy, mommy, mommy. The boy screamed. <laughs> As the team was placed in the back of the police vehicle, Walters turned off his body camera before the, he turned around and headed back to the other car where he punched the defenseless teen in the face. Relatives and a lawyer for Jaden revealed the teen suffered a fractured right orbital socket along with a concussion and bruises to his chest, shoulder, and back of his neck, according to 6ABC News. Ah, boy. Walters was suspended without pay following the physical confrontation. Following the month-long investigation, Walters was indicted with felony deprivation of civil rights, felony assault in second degree, assault along with two misdemeanor assaults in the third degree, and two official misconducts, also misdemeanors, according to the unsealed indictment viewed by the Post. Del Delaware State Troopers are sworn to uphold the highest standards of justice and integrity. Delaware State Su Police Superintendent Colonial Melissa A. Zebley said, at the Delaware State Police DSP, we take this responsibility seriously, not only though our policies for handling and investigating all complaints of misconduct, but through our extensive training. Walters was charged with deprivation of civil rights after depriving victim two, Jaden, of his constitutional rights under color of law and causing serious physical injury. 
It is the first time the state used deprivation of civil rights, a new law made following George Floyd's murder by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, according to Delaware Online. It's really hard for me to feel sorry for these kids. I, I Look, look I, I know people are going to look at me funny, probably call me an Uncle Tom. I don't care. None of this would have happened if you didn't run to his, a stranger's door, you knew it was a cop, and you decided to kick his front door and run away. You thought that was a great idea. I don't care. And another thing, where's, you see the black mom up there talking about her son. Where's the father? Where's the dad? I just want to know, where, where's the father? Where's his father? I'm just saying, where's the dad? Yeah, all right, okay. He's not there. All right, his son just got brutal, brutally beat down. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. All right. So let's check out this uh, crazy judge right now. Let's check that out. This is a judge, by the way doing this wow fair use a garfield county judge arrested and charged for some serious crimes in texas now this happened down in austin brian lovell is accused of shooting at a car with someone inside and reckless driving he's expected in court on october 4th now, we reached out to Travis County for more information. They say that they're going to get back to us with more details as soon as they can. All right. It's a judge, man. I don't know what's going on, man. It's a, it's a judge. He's doing this. Judge arrested in Texas after firing shots into cars, slamming into vehicles. The vehicle. Oklahoma judge was busted in Texas after an alarming binge of road rage fits, including random drive-by shootings and ramming into a woman's car. He thought this was GTA. Garfield Judge Brian Lavelle was arrested in Austin on September 11th on charges of reckless driving and for felony deadly conduct and discharging a firearm. Lavelle allegedly fired shots at five cars at the intersection of Matamoros and Santa Maria streets in Austin during the meltdown, according to an arrest affidavit of KFOR reported. Witnesses told cops that they saw a man in a white SUV leaving the area after mayhem around 4 p.m. But 90 minutes later and two miles away, the judge allegedly tried to push a woman's car into an oncoming traffic. The outlet reported Lavelle intentionally slammed his SUV into the back of a woman's car twice after getting into an argument. The outlet reported it's unclear what triggered the crash. After his arrest, police found a gun and magazine inside the judge SUV, though Lavelle did not attempt admit firing it, telling authorities he did not know why he would have shot his gun and could not recall any part of the shooting incident, according to the outlet. Lavelle, a judge for 12 years, has since returned home to Wilcos, Oklahoma, according to the Indian News and Eagle. Really? After doing that? He gets to go home. Got a complexion for the protection. Online court records show bond was set to $10,000 on the reckless driving charge and a mental health evaluation was ordered within seven days of Lavelle's release. His next court date was set for October 4th and in news and Eagle reported District Judge Paul Woodward told the outlet he was shocked by the meltdown. Brian Lavelle has been a very good friend and a colleague for years and this was all hard to believe, Woodward said. So we are waiting for the moment more information and are not jumping to any conclusions. I wish I knew what happened, but I do not. I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. A lot of crazy things are happening. All right, but that's all for now. Uh, if you like the commentary, give me a like. Helps to push it through the algorithm. Uh, also, if anything you want to know about this channel in the description box, if you want to donate to the cash app, feel free to do so. 
Also, um, I'm on uh, Spotify, Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. I'm on Rumble, Radical Thought 791. And my Patreon it will be coming soon. Other than that, later. <laughs>